Hello and welcome to the Hall of Fame video game podcast starring Matt Levy and Mike Staub. We love video games and have embarked on a journey to index the greatest video games of all time into our very own Hall of Fame. Here's the show. Hey, Mike, a happy new year to you, sir. Happy New Year, Matt. It's good to be back. And while we sort of took a little bit of time off, the view, the listeners don't know that. No. Episodes in the can. Yeah. Our bracket, which we absolutely love, it came out yeah. a lot to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but here we are back doing what we do best, talking about Hall of Fame games. That's right. And we got one for you guys that was extremely special. This is a series, Mike, that is one of those kind of license just miracles the fact that this even ever happened yeah looking at it i remember being a kid when this came out and this the game we're talking about today which is marvel versus capcom clash of the superheroes it felt like it felt like the culmination of just years of teasing right it was just like ah maybe we'll do something like that maybe we won't we don't know and i remember when I first got wind of this game. It was, I think they had put the arcade machine at the arcade by my house. And for years, my friends and I had played Street Fighter, Street Fighter, Street Fighter 2 rather, very little actual original Street Fighter. And then and then we'd played all the other fighting games as they were coming out, X-Men versus Street Fighter. And then it was Marvel Superheroes versus Street Fighter. And then I remember joking around with a friend before we saw Capcom, Marvel versus Capcom, and just go, oh, I wonder what would happen if they put like Mega Man or something in this game. And then a few months later, it was like, oh, they they did. And it was just such a cool moment. I remember like rushing to get to the arcade to play this because it was just such a, a fever dream of an idea. And it was special. It was special. And then by the time Marvel vs. Capcom 2 comes out a few le- years later, that ki- that game kind of represents like the end-all be-all of this series, even though they've made Marvel vs. Capcom 3, which I like quite a bit, actually. I think that's an excellent game. And Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, which isn't as good. Still, this it feels like this should have never happened. And every time it happens again, I think it's, it's, it's like we're getting a loan from fate itself that something like this would ever happen again. And the Versus series, as it's known, um, is one of my favorite video game series of all time obviously i'm a giant capcom fan i'm a i'm a huge street fighter fan but marvel is also ever since i was a little kid marvel was my comic book company of choice so to be able to play as spider-man and mega man in the same game or ryu and captain america or my go-to team is usually spider-man and morrigan like you can't you can't beat it. I have the arcade cabinet for this game. I don't have the original arcade cabinet or arcade cabinet loaded with the CPS2 board, but I do have the one-up arcade, one-up Marvel's Capcom cabinet that has this game in it and, and some of the others. So this is awesome. I'm so happy we're talking about this. Yeah, it's really hard, Mike, for the average person to get into the mindset of what this was like back in 1998, because obviously right now you get things like DC versus Mortal Kombat. You get things like different Marvel crossovers and things now because the MCU is obviously this mega giant. But for people like us, back in the 90s, Marvel was still enormous, but in a different way. We knew these characters from the comic books, from their TV shows, from their video games. But to see it in this capacity, the scientists over at Capcom that just knew how to make fighting games. And we were getting, like you said, Street Fighter games for years. 
But we st- slowly started getting year after year these versus series. They started, as you said, with the X-Men versus Street Fighter series, which was cool. And you started to dream, well, what else can they do? And like you said, this was the culmination. This was so big, Marvel versus Capcom. And then the subtitle, Clash of Superheroes, it did have this kind of juggernaut of a title to it. And it might have peaked with the second one. I I tend to think the second one for me personally hit home because they just added more and more and more. But this game was the start of something really amazing that you thought was impossible. Yeah, no, this doesn't this this was like what else could they do? Once once you got this, this was like, oh my gosh. So for everyone, I gotta give you a little history here um with with Marvel at this time. So first of all, in these days, Marvel would only give their license to one game company at a time. It wasn't like how it is now where Insomniac is making a Spider-Man game and then Firaxis makes Midnight Suns and then whatever Marvel Games has their own thing where they make something like Marvel Snap. This was back in the day where it was um, it was just one person at a time. One company at a time could have the Marvel license to make Marvel games. And prior to this, it was Sega. Sega was making Spider-Man games. They made X-Men games. They did all that stuff. And Because th- those were the big titles at the time. Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, even the Hulk to a degree. These were not characters that we talked about, right? in the mid-90s. These were not characters that were as omnipresent as they are now. Spider-Man was not some sort of second-class citizen in his own universe. He was uh, he was the guy. He was the main character. So Capcom had the license for Marvel. Got First got the license with Marvel. Had the partnership with Marvel in 1993 with an arcade beat-em-up called The Punisher, which in some areas it might have been called The Punisher and Nick Fury. It's, it's a hell... It's a it's a crazy good beat-em-up. It's a beat-em-up we don't talk too much about. Capcom doesn't usually get talked about too frequently in the beat 'em up circles when except if you're talking about final fight but built a kind of honor around the final fight kind of vibe you had captain america they also did alien versus predator which is another very good beat 'em up and they're releasing street fighter right so they're coming out with street fighter street fighter 2 street fighter 2 turbo super street fighter 2 turbo which i believe kind of gets them to like 1994ish with the street fighter games And then in 1994, they released X-Men Children of the Atom, which is their first Marvel-based fighting game where it's pretty much the Jim Lee art of the X-Men characters at the time. I would kill for some Jim Lee Street Fighter art. That'd be sick. Of the X-Men characters at the time in their own fighting game where you fight all the different X-Men, Magneto, Juggernaut, all that stuff. And then in 95, they spin out and make Marvel Superheroes, which is pretty much built on the same engine. And at the same time in 95, Street Fighter Alpha comes out. So you have these two kind of fighting series that haven't met yet, but are in the process of possibly crossing over. And you have Street Fighter Alpha, which kind of reinvents Street Fighter to be actually kind of more like X-Men Children of the Atom with the hyper combos and kind of the more Marvel versus Capcom kind of style of fighting we would see later on more anime visuals it's 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 definitely got its own vibe and that's the version of Street Fighter that they eventually cross over and then X-Men versus Street Fighter which is the first crossover game hits us in hits us in 96 right so it's 96 and then 97 with Marvel superheroes versus Street Fighter and then 98 with Marvel versus Capcom and every once again, year they're putting every, these games out it's they're incredible. pumping them out dude they're pumping them out and they become just they become like the biggest thing in the arcade because marvel x-men versus street fighter is excellent that is an excellent 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 game um and proves to us that hey 
we can really do something with these with these characters. And I actually go back and play X Men versus Street Fighter a lot on the arcade cabinet. I think it's very very good. Marvel Superheroes versus Street Fighter is also very very good. I just I think I like the X Men versus Street Fighter cast just a little bit better, even though in Marvel Superheroes versus Street Fighter you can play as Captain America. I mean, I'm Captain America and Spider Man. But then you get to Marvel versus Capcom, which is a year later, and it's pretty much the culmination of all the versus games that had come out at that point, plus just more characters, right? The roster on the original Marvel vs. Capcom is excellent. It's it's a really good, well-rounded cast of people. I think um, it's a very good indication of what characters were popular at that time, because if you looked at, I think, those 15 playable fighters right now in 2023, well, it's weird to say 2023, but, I know. but it, it looks like, well, you see Venom in there. Of course, Venom in the 90s. I mean, he was just like larger than life and cool. Yeah, Venom is a is a is a is an interesting pick. And he was an interesting addition because Venom is a new character in this game, right? Venom is not building off another character that had come before it. So Venom has his own moveset. He doesn't feel like anyone else at the time. He doesn't feel like anything that they had done in the prior games. But Venom was like 90s cool right what's weird is that venom is still popular still very very popular actually but i don't think anything beats popularity for venom than 90s venom i feel like that character was kind of omnipresent in the 90s as like the new spider-man bad guy because i think venom makes his debut in 89 as a as i figured uh, uh, i'm drawing a blank on the writer but a todd mcfarlane does the art for venom yeah that's that's a key that's a key book of spider-man's when he when he first appears yeah exactly so you have venom and then war machine is kind of a new character very interesting i mean right now obviously because the mcu people know who war machine is but it just shows that iron man kind of was kind of in the back seat for a good amount of time i mean tony stark and iron man became huge again but he kind of wasn't an A-list for a while. Yeah, I feel that the reason why I was War Machine. Well, first of all, Iron Man was in Marvel Superheroes, right? And Marvel Superheroes versus X Men. X. He, I'm sorry, Marvel Superheroes versus Street Fighter. He was in both those games, Iron Man, and then they switched him out for War Machine. Yep. Which I'm not sure why they did that, but I love it. War Machine, like ended up having kind of like this personality, especially since he says, here's my Sunday's best before he uses his <laughs> proton cannon. But yeah, War Machine was an interesting include. I I would I would only, my only idea of why they included War Machine was because the Iron Man cartoon was so popular at the time, maybe. I don't even know how popular it was, but it definitely was a cartoon that people watched and War Machine was definitely one of the reasons to watch it. And also he was like Iron Man, but like, filled with more weapons and stuff right. so like well, just, for a video game it's perfect yeah it's perfect he's so he's super toyetic and is a good kind of analog to like Mega Man, who also is a robot well i guess war machine's not a robot but you know what i mean and the capcom side had some interesting includes right yeah so we got captain commando who had his own beat-em-up in the arcade and on the super nintendo a character a lot of people might not have known that well his name is obviously derived from capcom they added in Jin, Jin, who who is the lead character of a mech fighting game called cyberbots which is a really fun mech fighting game but it's definitely definitely an oddball that you don't really see everywhere Jin doesn't really show up in much anymore but what a weird interesting character they included and then to kind of even out the whole capcom side to not just have street fighter characters we got Morrigan from Darkstalkers and yeah. or or Vampire, whatever you want to call it, whatever part of the world you're from. Mega Man, obviously the the he's the he's the poster boy himself, even though his he he, he doesn't get a lot of games anymore. And um, 
Strider. Strider uh, is so cool. What a great character. Strider is so awesome, and his games are great. I highly suggest you play the Strider arcade game or Strider 2 if you have a million dollars in a PlayStation 1. Or if you're into Metroidvania games, you should check out Strider on, I think it's like PS4 or PC or whatever. It's a, it's a Metroidvania version of Strider, which is a lot of fun. But it's a, it's a pretty well-rounded cast. I, I don't know why they put Zangief in, but I'm happy they did. I think yeah. they put him into like Parallel the Hulk. I think it's really interesting when you look at the Street Fighter and X-Men characters that are available to choose from. And then they choose, of course, Ryu and Chun-Li. I mean, you can't miss either of them. With Ryu, you get the movesets of Ken and, and who's our evil friend. Akuma. Thank you, Akuma. So you get their movesets. I find the X-Men choices to be the most interesting because you get here Gambit and Wolverine. When clearly Cyclops, Storm, Jean Grey are more significant X-Men if you look through X-Men history. But this, again, is the tale of the time that we're playing and Gambit and Wolverine. What's bigger than mid-late 90s? Nothing. I mean, Gambit was the 90s for the X-Men. The cartoon came out in, I believe, what, 92? And actually, the sequel to that show is coming out soon, X-Men 97, yeah. which is something I'm interested to see. Mon ami. Yeah. <laughs> there you are, Wolverine. So Gambit was was the 90s he was the pinnacle of 90s cool like you could put him in a time capsule with bart simpson sonic and sonic the hedgehog and people were like what, why did everyone have a head sock in the 90s you could thank jim lee for that but gambit gambit was just he was like 90s cool man and of course you were going to throw him in a game like this where you want to appeal to people who were probably heavily invested into comic books and cartoons at the time so marvel versus capcom really just has this interesting it's a small roster but then there's a bunch of there's a, a a very beefy roster of of support characters that yeah. you can get that now will come in and do like one move like colossus will fly across the screen or or the unknown soldier will do something and i think magneto might be one i forget there's a bunch but pre marvel vs. capcom 2 you're looking at a game that only has like what like like 18 characters maybe 16 characters this one's 15 15 15 yeah. which is weird it's not even even right it's not even yeah. an even split so it's got 15 characters there are some secret characters yep. there is red venom there's yep. gold war machine and a, a, a variant of chun li called the shadow lady mm -hmm. and i do believe and i might be incorrect on this because it's been a while but i do think you can turn morrigan into lilith i don't quite remember it's something i have to like look back at but there might be some weird button combination you could put in to put like an alternate of morrigan where she's like shadow morrigan but it's supposed to be lilith from dark stalkers even though that's the same sprite so i think that's the case but but it is this, a modest small roster if you look yeah. at what Marvel's Copcam 2 does and what other fighters have done since then, where you get 30 or 40, you even look at Smash Brothers and you got 80. I mean, that didn't really happen back then. This was a modest, tight roster. But again, building it out with these assist only and these guest characters, there becomes dozens and dozens more. Oh, yeah. And and it's kind of great that they could do this. I think Marvel vs. Capcom 2 has something like 64 or 65 characters in it, which it in, at the time felt like, I'm sorry, it's 56 characters in Marvel vs. Capcom 2, which at the time felt like it was, oh my god. It was overwhelming like, when it you was, looked at the character selection. And two of them are Wolverine, <laughs> which is weird, right? They would never do that today. They would just make you pay for probably a DLC costume. Oh, yeah. But it's crazy to think that, alright, the first game has 15 characters. That's actually pretty good for 1998, a fighting game with 15 characters in it. And then Marvel vs. Capcom 2 comes out two years later in 2000. First of all, we're talking about 1998 again, by the way. 
in 2000 the, the year that just keeps on giving it's just like it's like yeah man now did you mostly play this game mike in the arcades did you play it a year later on dreamcast or did you play the i call dumbed down version on the playstation the year late after that so the playstation version of this to me is unplayable i refuse to ever play the playstation versions of any of these games x-men versus street fighter marvel superheroes versus street fighter marvel versus capcom i do not want to play the. it was a significantly downgraded experience from the arcade no, it's terrible and the reason why is because what the with the with the arcade does the arcade version of the game, which is the the purest form of the game in general. But we're, we're going to go talk about the version I played the most in a minute. So the arcade version I played a lot, but I don't live in an arcade. Um, I actually have the machine now, and I play the machine all the time. But when I was growing up, I, I didn't have that luxury. But the way these these games work is it's you have two on two tag teams. It's one round, and you win the round when you knock the other both both other fighters out but what you can do is you can tag in your partner and they'll come in and they'll be at whatever part of whatever amount of health they've had and they could fight until you want to tag the first guy back and there are benefits to like switching mid-air and switching mid-combo and you have combo attacks and all this stuff it's very very robust what you can do in this game and on the playstation there's just no tag the playstation you pick a hero you pick a partner and your partner just kind of comes in and does one move at a time. Now, if you were to play X-Men versus Street Fighter or Marvel Superheroes versus Street Fighter on the Sega Saturn with the ROM expansion, that is very, very close to the arcade. You're essentially playing the arcade games. You could do the full tags and all that stuff. So if anyone ever asks, what system should I play these for? It's always the Sega Saturn with the six button controller. Just, just do it. It's the right call to make. The PlayStation version is garbage. The arcade is obviously the best. Um, but if you're going to play for home, Marvel vs. Capcom now. Now, Marvel vs. Capcom never released on the Sega Saturn. So part of the reason why I needed, needed, like in the most primal of senses, needed the Sega Dreamcast in 1999 was that I needed to have the home version of Marvel vs. Capcom. And the number of thumbs that I destroyed. Well, I guess it's just number one. It's just one thumb, really. It's the left thumb. That I destroyed multiple, multiple, multiple times on that horrific D-pad that the Dreamcast had. And it's not a bad D-pad in terms of function. It's just hard and it's risen and it's there's no soft edges and it's just destroy that thumb. Now, Retrobit, I believe is the name of the company. It might not be Retrobit. It's Retro Fighters or something like that. They make a fighting game centric Dreamcast controller, which is awesome. And they also do a N64 controller like that too. So I bought those to work on my Dreamcast now, and they're, they're beautiful. But I played so much of this game on Dreamcast. I got it for Christmas that year. I played a bit of Sonic Adventure and really liked Sonic Adventure at the time and just really had a lot of fun with it. But like the grudge match was Marvel vs. Capcom. My friends and I would play Marvel vs. Capcom nonstop because it was the closest thing to being arcade perfect. And the Dreamcast was really the fulfillment of what Sega was trying to do with their consoles since the beginning right yeah yeah this is not the first time mike that you and me have complimented the dreamcast for being able to translate the arcade experience we said this about soul caliber and we've said this about countless other games that we've discussed but there was something about the architecture something about the just the capabilities of the hardware that the visuals the gameplay the audio, I mean, there was very minimal. Like you said, the audio, the arcade experience is still the best. But again, not everyone in 1998 had one nearby or could put one in their home. This was the best you could get. Exactly. And 
I mean, nothing beats it. Nothing beats this. Marvel vs. Capcom 1 and 2 on the Dreamcast are like the best, man. They're the best ever. It was like the best. Like there were so many good fighting games on the Dreamcast. And whether you're playing Marvel vs. Capcom 1 or 2, or you're playing Capcom vs. SNK, or you're playing Street Fighter 3, or you're playing many of the Street Fighter 2 ports that they brought over. I believe there's a there's a vampire savior port i think to dreamcast i'm not 100 sure but i'm pretty sure there is one or you're playing soul caliber which is another one that's very very close to it as well or project justice which is the sequel to rival schools the dreamcast just i love the dreamcast the dreamcast is one of my favorite consoles ever it probably used to be like three or four of my top five but it might have got bumped down to five because i like the switch that much but it's just the way to play this game if you don't have a cabinet. Now, in these days, I'm pretty sure there wasn't dedicated Marvel vs. Capcom cabinets. I'm pretty sure that you would buy or rent right a, a generic cabinet and you would put the CPS2 system into the cabinet and that would play all the Capcom fighting games. And this console, this was built on, I think, CPS2. I might be wrong, might just be CPS. CPS2 might have been later games, but I'm pretty sure this was built on the CPS2. And those cartridges are incredibly expensive. Those those boards, I've seen them in person. They're beautiful. They're like a work of art, but they are super, super, super expensive. So in this day and age, the best spot for you to play Marvel vs. Capcom is you spend $300 or $400 or however much it costs on the, the arcade one-up cabinet. Now there's a Marvel vs. Capcom 2 cabinet that has like all these games in it. Or you hunt down a Dreamcast, maybe HDMI mod it, because even the digital version of this game, which was called Marvel versus Capcom Origins, I'm pretty sure has been delisted. I don't think you can get it anymore. So unless you bought a physical version, I don't think you can get this anymore. Yeah, I think it was a, like a digital download through like Xbox Live Arcade or something, you're able to get those. But Mike, I think this game is in a special class that it's aged really well. I think some fighters from this time, like games like Soul Calibur, I love, but the visuals, because it was going for more of a 3D approach, some people can't get around the graphical style right now, decade, two decades later. This game, because of its art style, because it took almost like the old Street Fighter graphics and just updated the 2D sprites and animations and work and the backgrounds, I think Marvel vs. Capcom, the visuals of this game look as good today as they did back then. It, it really, it's lost nothing. The color, the fluidity, the tightness of the, of the graphics, I think are fantastic. It's wild how 2D games, especially 2D arcade games, have continued to show us that they are just aging much, much, much better than their 3D counterparts. Where at the time, 90, 98, you're seeing a lot of 3D fighting games. You're seeing Virtual Fighter 2, and and I don't think 3 was, was out yet, but it might have been. It might have been. You're seeing you know, Soul Blade. You're seeing Tekken, Tekken 2, Tekken 3, and... You look at Marvel vs. Capcom, you're like, oh, really? A 2D fighting game in 1998? This, yeah, it was actually bad. insulted at that time. I mean, at that yeah. time, you're thinking, oh, they're still making 2D fighters, Capcom? Yeah, I know. Exactly. And Capcom tried their hand at 3D. Uh, I guess it's not technically Capcom, but Rika, working with Capcom characters, made Street Fighter EX Plus Alpha and Street Fighter EX 2, which are games I love. But they're their answer to the 3D fighter. And also Rival Schools is a 3D fighter, another game I like very, very much. But... And Project Justice. But yeah, the 2D games look better. They look better. 
I mean, and the Marvel characters in the Capcom style are just like, oh yeah, you, you can't beat it. You can't beat that at all. Like, I mean, Spider-Man moves like a bug and characters like Cyclops and, and Wolverine, while they're, yes, they're, they are very much inspired by the Jim Lee art. They have that kind of anime flair. I highly suggest anyone who has like three minutes of spare time to go and find the X-Men cartoon opening in japan because the obviously the x-men cartoon opening in america is legendary right but the x-men cartoon opening in japan is like unbelievable it is one of the best things i've ever seen and it just shows you just how good japanese animation always has been and was in the 90s i do another podcast where i talk about batman a lot and it's always the japanese studios that do the best work on batman the animated series but a 2d game in 98 was like seemed like a novelty or a joke and obviously just continues to look incredible. Yeah. I mean, when you look at some of their attacks, whether like you said, doing an air combo ground, doing some of their flashy hyper combos, things like that. These were visual spectacles and characters like Gambit that we said were very cool at the time. When you see his kinetic energy and things lighting up, it, it yeah. was very special. And I think today these games still look excellent. I think they're ga- games that will age well, as long as they're still playable. This is not the most accessible I'd say series besides, like you said, the arcade one-up collection. It really is a shame because of licensing problems and Disney and all that stuff that they kind of have to like be very careful about it. And the other shame of it all is that this series kind of doesn't live on. There is no real legacy. It kind of stops with Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite at this time. Now, the Versus system... Now, the versus series rather has has done more games right we've we've had marvel versus capcom 1 2 3 infinite we've had i think two capcom versus snk games which are unbelievable capcom versus snk2 is so good so good i actually just modded my snk machine to play a whole lot more games so i might have to jump in and play that but so good i hope that they do a capcom versus snk3 um there's svc chaos which is the SNK does developed Marvel versus SNK game, which is also good. Very good. Different artwork or cool artwork, actually. But once we get to Marvel versus Capcom Infinite, which releases in, I want to say 2017. 2017. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're right, Matt. Thank you. 2017, after Marvel vs. Capcom 3 comes out in, in 2011, which I love, and Ultimate MVC 3 is, is awesome. Also, pretty big roster of characters. Infinite Infinite kind of dropped the ball a little bit, and people don't really love it. And it's kind of a, it's kind of a shame, right? Because who knows where the series will go next. But with a new Street Fighter coming out, with Street Fighter 6, and new 2D fighting games continuing to come out, whether it be Guilty Gear, Dragon Ball Fighters, which Dragon Ball Fighters, I think, probably needs a sequel at this point. And games like King of Fighters 15 or 16 or whatever, there is still a place in the world for a Marvel vs. Capcom game. And I think Marvel vs. Capcom 4 is what they should call it. So they could just totally erase Infinite and give us a a beautiful 2D fighting game that kind of looks like if you mash like Marvel stuff together with maybe like Street Fighter 4 or 5 or 6. I think that there's hope that another one could come out. I just think that this original game might be lost in some way to the ephemera of licensing hell, yeah, which is a shame. Three and Infinite, you can still purchase on platforms like Steam. I know yep. those those games are still accessible. And I know there's places for it. As you said earlier, Marvel is allowing people to make their games now on a case-by-case basis. So 
it would nice to it would be nice to see another Marvel fighter out there because Marvel right now it's been more individual. Yeah. Titles, things like Marvel versus Marvel Ultimate Alliance, you get yeah. stuff like that. But it'd be nice to get a traditional fighter like this in the Marvel universe. And I'm sure Capcom would be game to do this again. I think it's like you said, it just becomes a lot of lawyers probably sitting down to make sure these things can be used and what what versions of them. And it becomes very complex. It is. And I do not even want to think about the conversations that have to happen to make that work. But in the end, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite was a bit of a letdown. So hopefully that says, well, maybe we can get together with Marvel and do a- another one and a better one. And if you look at the roster for Infinite, there are no X-Men because at that time, the X-Men film rights were with Fox. So Marvel didn't want to openly push a competitor. But now that the X-Men characters reside with Marvel again, and they're making X-Men comic books again, I, I don't know. Maybe there's something they yeah, can do. Yeah, it always felt weird not having Wolverine in that game. Yeah. He's become sort of a core character to the series. He has. And while, if you look at the original Marvel vs. Capcom, there were only two X-Men characters in it. They became a bigger part of the series with two, especially with the popularity of Storm and Cable and Cyclops Magneto, and, and yeah. Magneto as like the top characters in MVC2. So we'll see. We'll see where we go with that. I don't know what the future holds for Marvel vs. Capcom, but we still have this game and its sequel and its threequel with, hey, listen, my dream my dream Capcom versus game isn't even an inkling yet at this point outside of my own personal brain. So, But I highly suggest anyone, if you can get your hands on the first one, awesome. Also, two is excellent, but also Tatsunoko versus Capcom is great. And and uh, that's on the Wii. And that's like one of my favorite Wii games. And all the Capcom versus SNK games are excellent. So this series has a robust history. It's just, I wish it was just a little bit more, little bit more accessible. Yeah. So closing things on Marvel versus Capcom, Clash of Superheroes. I consider this game a Dreamcast game through and through. 1999 was yep. the release. The feature that you talked about that, that I'll always remember with this game, because it was original to me at the time, was the ability to swap your character in the battle. And then while your other character is <clears throat> off screen, their health is actually resting and increasing. And that become not a staple, but it's in a lot of tag team, like Dragon Ball Fighters, you said. It's in a lot of those games. But that was original to me at that time. Well, yeah. I mean, Dragon Dragon Ball Fighters doesn't exist without Marvel vs. Capcom. It just doesn't. It, it cribs so much of what makes that game great and like matches it up with Dragon Ball which is amazing and guilty gear right because it's arc system works it's the company that makes guilty gear who yep. makes who makes uh, dragon ball fighters which all right this is this is this is what i have to say here right folks listen the dream game exists it's out there it's in the ether and i'm just going to upset matt because i'm going to bring it up and i know we've had this conversation before i know i know where this is going all right listen it's not that difficult all right namco owns the shonen jump rights okay Namco has worked with Arc System Works to make Dragon Ball Fighters, which is an excellent game. Okay. I just need those two to like walk across the street over to Capcom. They need to all sit in one building and one room and go, all right, how can we make, first of all, it's got to be a series. How do we make Dragon Ball versus Street Fighter happen? All right. So how do we make that happen? And then how do we eventually get ourselves to Shonen Jump All-Stars versus Capcom? We need it. The world needs it. Right, the world's in a weird place right now, and I think it's the one unifying agent that can unify the world. Is I think that's awesome. <laughs> I think it's Jump All Stars versus. There's Capcom. been some Shonen Jump fighting games. Not all of them have come stateside, but this yeah. I agree with you. That would be fantastic. I thought you were going with a third pillar. 
Oh. I thought your third pillar was going to be bringing all the Square Enix characters. Oh, no, no. Final, fan- world. <laughs> Final, Final Fantasy versus Street Fighter is also a dream. I don't know if that'll ever happen because one of them uses weapons and the other one doesn't. But I would absolutely endorse I, that. I would endorse it. I, I would play Team Suplex City, <laughs> which is uh, Tifa Lockhart and Guile and just suplex people all day. But these these dreams live in our brains. But Shonen Jump All-Stars versus Capcom would be, for me, the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. And make it look like Dragon Ball Fighters because that game looks amazing. Anyway, back to back to actual things that exist. Yeah. So Mike, give us our closing. What, what is the memory? What is the legacy of Marvel vs. Capcom Clash of Superheroes? You know, it's everything, right? It's it's the pinnacle of 2D fighting game along alongside with its sequel sequel at the time. Obviously, 2D fighting games have continued to to be very robust and very successful and have a great legacy. But at the time, this is the end all be all of 90s fighting games with Marvel vs. Capcom. It felt like everything m- built to this moment. It's also incredibly mimetic. It's got its great internet humor, incredible game, and one of the most fun games I've ever played. Yeah, that's great. So we appreciate you, Mike, for diving into a new game that is near and dear to you. Please tell us out there, where can people find you? Sure. You can find me here on the Hall of Fame video game podcast with Matt, who does excellent work editing and putting this together and and telling me what games we're going to talk about every week. And then... Uh, you can find me on my other podcast, the Batman Tasticast. We are making our way through Batman the Animated Series. I think at this point of this episode's debut, I think we are about 19 episodes in. And we pretty much, it's a ride-along episode, a ride-along podcast where you watch the the cartoon. Then you listen to our episode for that episode. And we kind of just go through each episode. And you can also find me at my band, Bad Mary. You can search us out, badmary.com, or you can find us at Bad Mary Band pretty much on all social media. And last but not least, you can find me with Long Island Retro Gaming. You can search out Long Island Retro Gaming or LI Retro, doing more stuff with them. I do a podcast with them as well, as well as a whole bunch of other things. So be sure to get out there and and take a listen. And also follow the Hall of Fame podcast on Instagram because Matt is always posting great stuff, especially of his extensive Switch collection. Yeah, do follow us, check out what we have upcoming and what's going on with the pod. Please do leave a review. We had a great boost in our listenership over the holidays. We appreciate that. Thank you very much. But leaving a review does help us get more recognized. So thank you for that. And then tune in each week because we already have a slate, an awesome slate of games we want to talk about in the weeks and months to come. So stay tuned, check in with us and we'll not be too far away. Each week we'll be right in your ears again. Oh, baby, here we go. All right, guys, enjoy your week. We'll see you guys next time. Later. From Mike and Matt, thank you for listening to the Hall of Fame Game Podcast. Check us out on Instagram at Hall of Fame Pod or email us at thehalloffamepod at gmail.com. Please leave us a review and be sure to tune in next time.